Have you ever wondered why these things are happening in your life? What's the plan? Is there a plan? Well, we're going to find out today from Lisa Barnett that there is a plan. Your soul has a plan and you can awaken to your life purpose through your Akashic Records. Tune in to find out more. Before we start this episode, I, Carrie Hummingbird, and I, Akeem Sami, want you to know that you are invited. You're invited to, to join, join Soul Nectar, Nectar Tribe. Tribe. If you like what you hear on Soul Nectar Show, you will love being in person with us in Soul Nectar Tribe. We invite you to check it out. First 30 days is free. Right now, go to carryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com, forward slash membership, and sign up. We'll, we'll see you at our, our next tribe, tribe gathering. And now, on to the show. Well, hello and welcome, everybody, to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is greater than us, to the big mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that wake us up, that lead us to a new understanding of ourselves and what we're doing here on earth and what is the plan on this earth rock in the middle of the galaxy heading around the sun. What are we doing here at this time of the Great Awakening? I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and you guys know I love having these conversations week after week, and I love that you join me week after week, and that you come here and you you participate and engage and put my voice in your little ears, and I've been doing so much better, I hope, at getting you the sound quality you need to do that. <laughs> so let me know if it's still too loud, because I can get loud. Let me know if you're still liking how this is sounding. My, um, my producer's like, yeah, it sounds so much better, Carrie. I think you'll get a larger following when you're not screaming people's ears. I love you guys so much. But don't you feel like that sometimes our souls are wanting to scream in our ears, but they're way too compassionate sometimes to do it. But like, I've had this ear infection, this ear problem on my right ear. And I don't know if anybody else has been having ear problems recently, but for the last month or so, and I <laughs> going, I think my soul is trying to tell me something and I'm not hearing it. And all I can hear is on the inside of me on that one side. And it's awkward and strange. <laughs> like... It's like this message of start tuning into yourself, please, because you're needed and it's time and you need to listen and you need to listen inside, not outside. I'm going to turn that off so you can't hear out there and I'm going to put you inside. And actually today, I think I got some medicine to clear up the last of it. But what an interesting thing when we are interacting with our bodies, our souls, and trying to navigate this life experience because it's not, it, sometimes it's as clear as mud you know, what to do next. It's as clear as mud. And I've often wondered, like, as a psychic, as I'm a psychic, I'm a clairvoyant. I work with other people all the time as a healer. I get very, very clear guidance for other people. But for me, gosh darn, <laughs> a lot of times I have to ask my friends who are psychics to tell me what the heck is going on. And I, if you're listening to me, I think you understand what I'm saying. But we can actually find ways to tap in 
to what that soul plan is. And actually that's kind of the topic of today. We have Lisa Barnett here with us and Lisa has a new book out, her newest book, which is gonna be released January 24th, 2023. So if you're listening after that point, you can definitely go get it. If you're listening before that point, pre-order. The book is called Your Soul Has a Plan. Awaken to your life purpose through your Akashic Records. Lisa, as you know, she's been on the show a couple times before. She is devoted to being an Akashic channel to help people connect to their divinity and receive the soul guidance as they are healing and transforming their lives. She's also the founder of Akashic Knowing School of Wisdom, where she spent over 20 years working with clients and students around the world to help everyone access that personal soul wisdom, healing and guidance for life in their Akashic Records. And we know that this is the time on the planet where we're going direct. We're each going direct, you know, to our own souls and we're tapping into that wisdom. And along the way, we need a little help because we have a lot of conditioning that has prevented us from doing that. So welcome, Lisa, to the show. I know we're going to have a great conversation today. Where do you want to begin? Hi, Carrie. <laughs> I know always so much to say and to do. So the way I get it is let's just start. I'm going to give you a just a simple what the heck are the Akashic Records and why should I care kind of description because I know so many people over the years have said, oh, I've heard of them, you know, but that's just about past lives. I don't really care about past lives or I've heard the word and it's interesting, but don't know much about it. So for all of you who are not super, super familiar with the Akashic Records, they are the recording of your soul's journey throughout the all-time space continuum. So if you imagine that from the moment you individuated from source and your soul started a journey and you went to other dimensions, worlds, planets, galaxies, places in between, we do it all. We're really phenomenal creator beings. Everything you've ever been or done here on Earth or actually in all these other places and dimensions, that is recorded automatically for you in the quantum field of source. And so every single person has their very own library. And again, because it's not a couple of lives or even a couple hundred lives, it is, I don't even think there's a number, thousands and thousands or millions or billions, right? Because we are very infinite souls. So all of those lives are recorded in your own personal Akashic library or Akashic record. And you have a series of record keepers who are there to support you to find the information that is actually useful for you in this life now. So to me, the piece that's so important and helpful is that when we are at a crossroads when we're confused about you know what to do next whether it's about taking a new job or moving or maybe going deeper into a relationship or whatever it might be starting your own business whatever it is for you when we're in that place of should i do this is this my purpose is this you know a good idea or not right all of those questions are actually answerable in your Akashic record. I love that. Um, as a person who likes, has a lot of questions about whether I should be doing something or not, even minute little tiny questions, like, should I eat that tonight? <laughs> Is that for my highest good? <laughs> it gets a little ridiculous, actually, in the Carrie Hummingbird house with all that. But 
you know, when we're asking those questions, it can get kind of convoluted trying to get the answer right. Because I think for me anyway, I overthink a lot of things I've realized. And so when I'm asking questions, even with a pendulum, I'm not really believing the first answer. <laughs> and then I'm asking again to see if I get the same answer. And then I want to see if I ask a third time, will I get the same answer? Because then I'll know for sure that that's the answer. And then I'll get the flip answer, you know, just because myself's like, I'm not doing that with you. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, third time's a charm unless it's not, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, how does it help people? Because I know people have lots of, I have tons of questions. Me too, obviously, because I always think, you know, when I do Akashic readings and healing sessions for my clients, I always say, you know, write at least four, five, six, eight, ten questions, right? Because depending on how big they are, sometimes people are just, do I have a soul contract with my partner? Or often it's, is it in my highest and best good to move to, say, a different house or a different state or a different country, right? So the interesting thing with the Akashic Records is that you get so much more information than just a yes or no. So, I mean, I'm a big fan of pendulums. I have been a dowser for, what, 30 some odd years. I've got a pendulum every place, right? <laughs> but those yes, no answers could be very helpful, especially if it's like, is it in my highest and best good to eat this, you know, chocolate cake? Um, <laughs> Although I got a yes to coffee once, I have to say. <laughs> I think it's all contextual. That's what also like makes it more tricky, you know, and then I sometimes you hear that I hear the words, you're asking the wrong question. <laughs> exactly. So to me, the thing with the Akashic Records is it's not a yes, no question. You have these beings of light that have been keeping your Akashic Records forever. And so you can say, you know, I'm thinking about maybe moving to this new state to a different state or other place, whatever. Is it in my highest good? How about, you know, my family, if I'm taking them with me? But what else can I know about this? Is there some really important reason for me to move there? Is there some sole purpose connection that I would really benefit from going to that place? Have I lived there in other lifetimes? Do I have soul contracts with people who live in that state who have come to support me? So when you can start to ask a lot of questions instead of just a yes or no, then we get kind of a full answer. So the record keeper said to me, my, my kids were in Waldorf school when they were little and we used to do a maypole dance. I don't know, you know, People know what the Waldorf school is, but it tends to be very creative and a little more on the spiritual side. But in the spring, they do this maypole dance. And it was so beautiful because there's hundreds of ribbons on this pole and every child has a ribbon and they wind around and they create this beautiful fabric from all of the ribbons. And the record keepers used to say to me, when you ask three or six or more questions about one subject, you are creating a fabric uh, you're creating an answer with real depth that guides you. It's not a yes or no. And a long time ago, I had done a reading for someone and they said, is my soul partner coming soon? I've been single for, you know, six years and I'm ready to settle down. And is that, you know, that partner coming? Someone, you know, that I have a soul contract with, or I think we didn't ask that question, which would have been important. Somebody coming soon. And I got, yes. 
like in the next two months, I saw an image of a guy, you know, blah, blah, with this plaid shirt and bald head, you know. And about a month later, I heard back from her and she said, I met him, plaid shirt, bald spot, all of the above, you know. And then she was all excited. And then a month after that, she was like, what? <laughs> this guy wants a mother. He wants a cook. He wants somebody to take care of him. What, what's up with that? And I said, well, what do we ask? We ask is like someone coming soon. Is a partner coming soon. Not is really my, the spiritual partner that I'm looking for, that I have a long soul contract with, someone who is also on a spiritual path, this person who is here to support me, that I'm here to support. Is that person coming soon? You know, then I would have gotten a no. <laughs> or is, I mean, who was out there and it was like it was you know it was about the lesson it was about the, exactly like that's what I started realizing is, is like divine timing it doesn't match human timing human timing says are you delivering my desire by x minute of x day are you gonna do that and really soul stuff is more about have you learned a lesson or it had the experience that then would open you to receive such a partnership. And if the, you know, maybe that person she met was like the first step towards completing the curriculum that would then deliver her the person that she actually says she wants, because in order to receive him fully, she's got to go through the other experiences that tell her what she doesn't want to do in that relationship, right? So that it can be successful. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that is, you know, so even you know, learning to ask questions that are deep enough to get really an answer, the answer you're looking for. And again, to me, it's it's often, according to the record keepers, you know, three or six or more questions, right? Not only a yes or no, but again, we can ask that often about food or something simple. Is it in my highest and best good to take this yoga class today? But then you might say, or is there a class that resonates maybe more fully with my body or where I'm, you know, how I'm feeling today. So even if we're asking about something kind of simple, like a, a food or an exercise, you are an ancient soul and you, your soul has preferences too, as does your personality, right? So when we start to take them both into account and can create a life that is heart and soul driven, then that to me is one of the ways that life gets into flow, that everything gets so much easier and happier and more fun and more joyful, right? Because we feel like we're we're flowing along instead of fighting maybe our our soul's desire. I don't really want to do that. I want to do this, you know. <laughs> and then we get Oh yeah, I've been in that. I actually <laughs> this whole year um being at the pilgrimages I go on, I went on several pilgrimages to holy mountains this year and Every single one, they're like, oh, Carrie, you need to go talk to Christian people. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to go there. And mostly just because I have, you know, some family history there and some past life history and stuff like that. So I didn't really want to, I felt like it. And then I got one morning, I woke up and said, go to breakfast at the favorite place you love. And I was like, I don't really have time for that today, but okay. So I went and I sat down at the counter and who I sit next to is <laughs> a minister who was working on one of her, her talks, right? So I was like, oh, I see my ancestors. I see what's up here. So I, <laughs> they're like, come on now, you said, so come on. 
get out there. Come on, do the next thing you asked. You got the message. Now go do it. Right. Right. Well, and I love that because, you know, when we decide and every single one of us actually decides to come back, (laughs) no matter what we think, (laughs) as many times as I've tried to blame it on something else, right? But we write a plan. I mean, we are very kind of logical. It's exciting to come to this gorgeous planet. We're like, I have gifts. I have talents. I have people I love. I have people I want to support. I still have some old garbage I want to learn about. So we'll put a couple of those lessons in there, right? Which we often call karma. (laughs) Let's blame it on something else. It's like, oh, it's that old karmic pattern. But they actually are very much that, right? So if you imagine that you've had hundreds of lives, And there's so many challenges. Most of us take a couple of lives to work through some kind of, you know, learning and growth situation. And when we leave, like when we jump out of that story, whether we, you know, go down the the alcohol and drug line, like I'm going to be in the body, but I'm just going to be oblivious to everything around me. Or sometimes we become ill, we cross over. Sometimes we, you know, leave a relationship really angrily, right? Whatever our story is, we have hundreds of them. But the truth is we always end up coming back to work it through because the soul wants to be complete. The soul really wants to understand what is happening. And, you know, for me, when I was very young, I was 13 when my my best, my first best friend crossed over. And it triggered me to remember that I had come to be a healer. So here I am, 13, my best friend's in a coma with a, had just had brain surgery from a tumor. And I'm thinking, I need to save her. I need to pray for her. I need to heal her. I need to do something, but I have no idea how. And so I spent all night just, my parents were not religious. We were agnostic. I didn't even know how to pray. So I just stayed up all night crying, right? In the morning, she she had crossed, and of course, I felt responsible, right? As we often do as humans, we take a lot of these things on personally. And um, but it was a sole plan, part of my plan with her to you know create our stories. She probably said, "Hey, I'll come in. I'll be your buddy. I'll remind you who you are, what you came to do. I'll just pop in for a short amount of time, and then I'll be on my way." And you know, sounded like a great plan before we came embodied. And then as once we're embodied, it's very traumatic. And But it, it actually opened me to remember many different lifetimes as a healer and to start to study about healing and about spirituality. And lucky for me, it was 1969 and I lived in California and there was all sorts of wild and crazy things going on. But spirituality, you know, transcendental meditation was just coming out. So lots of information to start to study. But it's interesting when we start to look at the emotional pain and trauma in our life that often we feel like we're a victim of something. And often, certainly when we're children, the world can be a terrible place, right? We can have very abusive parents or just health issues or challenge, just so many kind of challenges, right? But when we can start to know that we're ancient, know that we have hundreds and hundreds and thousands of lives under our belt. And we can start to trust our kind of our heart and our soul that there's something in here I want to know. 
there's some awareness, some consciousness that that will help me, will support me, will serve me in my life. Then we can start to see our pain, our emotional pain, our trauma, all of our challenges as I don't know if I want to go quite as far as to say gifts, but you know, some people I'm like, I don't know. I'm not great with a challenge myself, but just to know that there is a learning in here, there is soul growth in here. And often many of us will then go on in some way or other to share what we've learned from our karmic lessons, from the challenges, from the patterns that we found in our lives. And sometimes it's a pattern of relationships and sometimes it's a pattern of health challenges and sometimes it can be a a pattern around money or lack. And so what the record keepers shared, and this is what this new book, Your Soul Has a Plan, is about is that we sit down before we're born and we write this plan and it includes all these people that we would love to be with, that we want to support, that we want to love, that want to love us back and support us, as well as all of the this learning and growth and karmic patterns. And so with the record keepers, I are really hoping that people will understand that this will help them to see and experience is that if we can look at the patterns as patterns instead of as you know, being something that's being done to us, but something that our soul wanted to understand so it could share its gifts, its growth, its learning with humanity, which could be one person or it could be a lot of people like you and I do, but that our relationships have soul contracts that we wrote. And sometimes we wrote a soul contract to be in a a challenging, painful, abusive relationship. Because we wanted to learn about it. We wanted to learn and to really understand that every soul that's embodied is pure divine light. We are all part of source. We are all light, no matter how we appear in the world, no matter how awful we are. There is a soul in there that has actually chosen to be that person, right? And so as we can start to See everybody, no matter how they show up or what they do or say, as part of source energy, as always a being of light. Then I think we can start to transform how we see the world and who we call to us. And that's, of course, the big part of the big process of being a human, right? Mm -hmm. To call all the good to us, to call the love to us to be a magnet for good. And so to me, starting to understand just a little bit that your soul made a plan and this is all part of it, I think is kind of helpful, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, it really resonates for me actually because a few years ago, I started realizing, I feel like you can connect the dots looking backwards, but it's very hard to do it in the moment, you know? And there was this moment right before the proverbial crap hit the fan, you know, in my life where I started just went off the rails and destroyed my family life. You know, there was this moment where I was trying to look into past lives and I was, I went to a past past life regression ceremony or whatever session with a therapist and I didn't see nothing, nothing happened. And I'm very artistic this whole time. So I'm like, why am I not seeing anything? I have a completely perfect visual cortex. Like it works fine. I'm seeing nothing, nothing's happening, no messages, nothing, 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 nothing. 
And I was so frustrated and angry, you know, that I was getting nowhere because my dad had had done this about the same age as I was. And he got all kinds of information, right? So I was so pissed. And then I was going to like go research Oprah's recommendations, you know, because obviously this person just sucked and, you know, I just need to find somebody better. And I'm I'm obsessing on it because I was very obsessive at the time. Not to say I'm not obsessive now. I'm just obsessive about different things. But I was in the gym and I was cycling and I was obsessing about, oh, I'm just going to find somebody else because clearly, and it was like a good hour. I was, you know, just inside of my head. And all of a sudden I heard this booming voice, like loudspeaker in my brain. You have a life, live it. (laughs) I'm looking around. Where the heck did that come from? And I was like, and I was so unconscious then, but I thought, well, I guess I'll listen to that voice because it was in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, it scared me. So I quit. I quit. I gave up on all that kind of stuff. I was like, well, and then, then I went right into my life unconscious and did all the stuff, right? Well, I thought that was a problem. But then looking back, I'm like, oh, I needed to go through all that. I was actually trying to bypass my own curriculum because <laughs> like, I had already started waking up. And I was like, I could see now that I was like being clever, like, oh, I'm just going to bypass all that stuff because I don't need to go through all that pain. You know, like I'm skipping that part. That part sucks. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to find who I am and I'm just getting out of here. But you can't squirm out of it. That's the thing. Once you sign up for that contract, man, you're in. And it's going to happen one way or the other. So I think that's the hardest part. You know, for me, looking back, I can see it. I can see that all of those lessons that came as a result of that time in my life were really pivotal for me in order to move through this transformational process and be able to, you know, just show up as a demonstration of love having wrecked my family and then to bring my mom back together, right? Or bring my sons back together. Like these are things that I have been working towards and as a demonstration of love and loving myself through all the things that I did. I feel like when you, you know, for those of us who feel like we came here to be, to be loved, to be leaders of light, to be shining examples, we didn't come here to be perfect. We came here to script big time And then demonstrate how to love yourself after you did all that stuff. (laughs) And right, because nobody's been there. Well, right. And, and, you know, after my second best friend died, right? So the first one, I was 13, it woke me up. The second one, who was like my soul sister, I just figured we were going to create great things together. And she died at 19. And I just was like, I just told God to take a hike because I am like, I'm studying. I'm, I'm a philosophy major. I'm, I've been studying since I was 13. You know, I'm, I figure I'm going to go do something big in the spiritual world. I was like, I'm over it. Whatever it was, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I didn't get the reward I wanted. So screw you. I'm done with this. I'm like, you took my best friends away. You have abandoned me. I am a victim and I am done. I am going down the tubes. And that was easy in the 70s and 80s in California, let me say. You know, so was, Lots of distractions and opportunities. Oh, yeah. my heavens. I was a bartender in San Francisco in the day. And, and right? Disco? It was crazy world. Anyway. <laughs> but again, I said to the record keepers many years, many years later, I said, 
did I totally screw up my life? Did I totally blow the plan? Am I like in trouble? <laughs> you know? And of course, they laugh at me and they said, you wouldn't be who you are now if you hadn't experienced those challenges. If you didn't have that pain, that trauma, that, you know, all of those abandonment issues that I spent 40 years healing, all of that kind of, you know, emotional pain and trauma that helped to make you who you are. It has made you kind and caring and compassionate, right? Because you've done all of those things that otherwise you might have judged people for, but you can't judge them because you've been that, right? And so often that is the way we work as a soul. I need to embody that challenge so that I can then you know, be a authentic teacher of, you know, how to heal that or how to make a new choice or how to notice it when you're in the middle of it so that maybe you can shorten the cycle for yourself a little bit, right? <laughs> or, yeah, right? because if you haven't gone through it, I mean, you don't really understand it. Even if you've been through it in another lifetime, you probably don't remember that exactly. And it's nothing like the moment to be in it. You know, it's nothing like this particular incarnation in this this particular time in this particular set of circumstances and conditions to go through that particular experience so that you're relatable to everyone else that's experiencing a similar time and condition. You know, but I think that what I've learned is that in even in reclamation of some of these pieces, I did eventually ignore that advice to Stay in this lifetime. <laughs> but I think I think that advice was only to keep me on course to screw up my life so that I could then unscrew it. You know, I think that was what was going on. Because then it was fine. I could I could know all kinds of things, you know. So so after that period and I stepped out on my path and I was able to reconnect with this other soul part, you know, this other lifetime on the trail of tears and like really bring that that part of me into integration with my current lifetime, like to integrate as one, you know, right now. And I do feel like we're doing a lot of that kind of integration in this lifetime. What's your sense of that? Yeah, I think the way I get it and, and, you know, see it from the record keepers, you know, to me, one of the great blessings is that I still do Akashic readings for clients because they have questions that open the doors to help integrate a lot of huge patterns that have affected all of humanity for hundreds or thousands and thousands of years. And so it really is, to me, that integration is what's making it possible for us to become more conscious, to raise our vibrations, to eventually move into kind of a higher energy and create a new earth. And it's definitely a process, but we need to start to wake up and realize and say, oh, I maybe was judging that. And if I went and looked at maybe my past lives, I realized that I've had similar past lives as what I'm judging now. And part of what we're doing is we're setting ourselves up to start to move out of judgment, to move into compassion, to support people who we may have otherwise judged because of what they're doing or whatever is going on in the world. And so as we can move into that place of compassion and love and understanding and forgiveness, we're integrating that on a more global level, right? We're taking all of these hundreds of lives, all these pieces and parts of ourselves 
and we're actually understanding we are all that. And when we look at the quantum field, to me, when the record keepers say, the way I work with past lives is to literally go into the void of the quantum field, which is there is no time and space. It often kind of seems like a big, just black void until someone asks a question. And then that energy, that life, which is all always happening, will pop up to kind of share that information. Often we can go and heal some trauma from a lifetime, reclaim those gifts and energetically bring that kind of memory energy code into your body now. And to understand that bigger picture, maybe who you were and what you were doing, understand and heal and reclaim the gifts as we heal the trauma from other lifetimes. And so it very much is actually kind of realizing we're all of that always, all of these amazing aspects. And, you know, if I was judging it, I might say not amazing aspects, but, you know, but they're all us, right? We have hundreds, thousands of aspects of us out there doing hundreds and thousands of things all at the same time. So as we connect to them, instead of just looking at that, oh, that was a past life where, you know, maybe I was an oracle or maybe I was Native American because those past lives have been showing up for me recently. And I know I have some of those lives, but just this last week or so, I was called to go to Flagstaff, Arizona by myself and sit in a cabin for a few days up on San Francisco peaks. I'm like, okay, that was the message. (laughs) I had a few days between my trip from California to arriving in Phoenix. I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend a few days in this cabin. I was very clearly called to this, this place. And when I got there, what I got was it's time to heal, heal this land because there has been a lot of, there's beautiful. I went to two beautiful Wapaki Pueblo up by San Francisco Crater, I think it's called Walnut Canyon, these beautiful lives, the Native Americans in this in this area in northern Arizona. But of course, there was also a lot of pain and trauma. There was craters exploding and famine and weather changing. And they wanted me to work on healing these past lives, but they're never really past. And so through the Akashic Records, through this kind of seeing the bigger picture, we can energetically, or, you know, I, and I teach my students and I, this is what I do often for humanity to help with the land, heal some of the, the emotional pain, the trauma, the bloodshed, all of the challenges is to just, to be able to share that kind of energy gift with the land in that place was unbeknownst to me why I was called there (laughs) to do this work. And then I just feel so blessed to be able to to see some of these other lifetimes, some I've been in, some I haven't, some are patterns, some are old karmic patterns that we're unraveling, we're releasing. It's time to clear this. It's It's like unchaining somebody who's been chained down. Our dear Gaia, right? Our mother earth has been chained down with all of these patterns for ever. And so we're unraveling, we're unchaining these patterns, these programs, these beliefs, these concepts. Some of them are ancient, ancient contracts 
that keep us stuck as humanity, old programming that keep us locked down. And so now is the time to start to know who you are as an ancient, wise, and powerful soul so that everybody can start to pitch in and do like our own piece, whether it's just healing for yourself, raising your consciousness and becoming more aware of your life and the bigger picture and forgiveness, love, compassion, service, all of these aspects as we're creating kind of a new energy on our planet. Yeah, so true. I mean, sometimes we don't know why we're being called certain places, right? Like you're being called and I was called to go up to Cherokee in Oklahoma because I never made it there in the other life. I took myself out in the middle of the Trail of Tears. I was so devastated by everything that was happening and I couldn't handle how devastated I was. So I never actually made it to Oklahoma. So it was like really actually important for me to go up there and be on the land and be with the ancestors who did make it and feel their presence and their support and and then feel that sense of like the shifting of the river of time. You know, I had this just amazing experience of bringing my my biological information up and trying to make that connection. And I wasn't able to because my ancestor could pass for white. So she had the W like everywhere in all the reports. And you look at her, you can tell she's not, but you know, she she was like, well, this is the way I can be safe. So, you know, that that sort of um the feeling of like the ocean, like you made a sandcastle and then the ocean just came and swept it away. And I had that feeling up there, like, oh my gosh, all of this stuff that I knew in this other life that I was clinging to, that I loved, that I was so devastated that it was lost. It just like that sandcastle just right into the ocean. It's just gone. And there wasn't, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of museums and stuff up there. There's a museum and some beautiful cultural remnants, but there's not like that vibrancy that I remember from the other life. It's gone. So it was this really, it was this big reconciliation and a lot of deep healing work that I know is in service to so many people who share this um, story. And so that's in the inner medicine book that's coming out. But what a powerful time that I feel like so many of us are being called right now to heal those rifts, to go visit the ancestral lands, to just be there. Even if nothing happens, I mean, I wrote some stuff in my book, right? But like I visited, I sat there, I felt it, I grieved, I cried, I released. And that was what it was needed. I mean, that was pretty much my personal experience. And I think the very important thing for everybody to realize is that those personal experiences that we're having, we are all connected, right? So whatever that healing is that you are having, that is going to connect out into, you know, your family lineage, but into the whole energetic lineage of healing of people that are, you know, wishing to have that kind of clearing or that healing around maybe ancestors or a trauma, whether it's, you know, really similar or maybe just a little bit similar. And so when we do healing for ourselves, we are healing the planet. And I think it's so important. And and I'll often share it. So I'll share with you, you know, I was just in Scotland and um, one of my twins, I have identical twin girls. One of them just moved to Scotland to go to the University of Edinburgh for a year or so. And I thought, oh, yay, I, wanna, I love to travel, <laughs> you know, and so we'll go to Scotland. And I was probably a travel agent in another lifetime or maybe another planet or something because I just, oh, I love to research and plan all these things. So I had us in like eight places in, in, you know, like 14 days. We were hopping around doing all these things. 
But what I realized was that energetically, I was called there to help to activate the, really the energy. There is a beautiful divine masculine energy in Scotland. There's like a whole pattern of energy there that holds divine masculine. And France and the south of France has a whole big piece of the divine feminine energy. And I thought, oh, I'm surprised I'm not going to France. But no, within Scotland, I ended up going to quite a few places like Rosalind Chapel, which is divine feminine energy, to the Isle of Iona, which is also divine feminine energy, and to going to these different places. It was It's kind of like energetically activating or weaving energies within a place. And we do that naturally. I didn't have to do a big ceremony. I didn't have to do a big thing. I just knew that kind of being that, the energy codes or however sometimes we call them keys, every single human has this in their field. We're so much more than this, right? There's so much more of us that we really can help to raise the consciousness. Maybe we're leaving some key that we were holding for the land or the pattern there. Maybe we're taking one with us and we're going to go somewhere else and drop that key off somewhere else. Like I know I'm I'm called to France also that there's some interconnection between these places and that whether it's next year or the year after, I'll be in the south of France working with that divine feminine energy. So even if it's unconscious, even if we don't know why we're going someplace, we are just really called to go there, you know, like you in Oklahoma. What you did was profound for you and your lineage, right? And so some of my work is, of course, with divine feminine, divine masculine. I mean, it's very energetic. I must have hugged a hundred standing stones. I went to all of these ancient sites where there's these beautiful ancient standing stones that also have a lot of vibrational energy and information. So we can help to heal the planet through our energy and our connection to these sacred sites, whether it's, you know, something like Scotland and or the UK and Standing Stones, or I was in Egypt and, you know, three pyramids on three continents in nine months last year. It was like, wow, that was wild. How did that happen? <laughs> you know? But when we get into the flow, when we kind of get out of our our little head, our little human egoic piece, right? Our personality and can start to know that we are here to live out our soul contracts, to have that soul growth through old karmic patterns, right? To access our purpose, which is really all about these gifts and talents that we've had in many, many, many different lifetimes. As we start to kind of realize that we can realign to our soul's plan. And as we do that, it's kind of pulling us out of confusion or doubt as we align to who we truly are as ancient wise souls with a plan. <laughs> so, Yeah, I know you have some prayers for that too, right? Because that's always my prayer. I mean, you know, align me to the divine or I surrender my will to divine will or things like that. If I feel like I'm getting off track or things are getting kind of gunky or confused, it's like, okay, align my will to divine will. Bam. Yeah, I know that part of your work is including some of these prayers, right? So that help people to get realigned. Yes, absolutely. I have a prayer for alignment. <laughs> Shall I read it for you? Yes, please. Yes. So that's, you know, it's part of... um 
So uh, I will, because I just went and got my brand new books. They arrived. I'm so excited. Your soul has a plan. And so in the book, I've also added some of the healing prayers and kind of a little you know, process for people to really engage into use it, using this book to help you grow, to help you transform. And so these prayers I channeled from the Akashic Record Keepers. So they have that beautiful, just unconditional love of source energy of the Akashic field. So this is the prayer for alignment that they have given me. Divine Mother, Father, Goddess, God, Please show me what it feels like to be the highest, brightest, most expansive and aligned self that I can be today. Please open my heart to know the truth of my divinity and allow me to receive all the good that is within and without. Please guide me on my next steps to being abundant in all ways with ease and grace. And so it is. Well, I want to say that was a powerful prayer because this is the first time that Zoom just went wonky, like during our whole interview. And of course, the technology is like, I can't keep up with this soul energy. (laughs) Technology is like, this is too much soul. (laughs) But yeah, I could hear the whole prayer and then you finished and it was like, it was like the Zoom was like, oh. (laughs) trying to deliver this packet of energy across its little tiny wires um (laughs) it tries so hard i know and we are so appreciative we are so grateful (laughs) thanks so much for your effort (laughs) absolutely and so i just love the fact that there are so many tools in the world right of course you've got phenomenal tools and the akashic record keepers have given me these beautiful prayers and access keys to to start to access your own Akashic records. And so that is one of the great gifts and blessings that I have found when the record keeper said, it's time to bring the Akashic information, you know, wisdom, guidance, and your soul's plan back to humanity. And so, yeah, I also want to just touch on, you know, because you said earlier that it's not just past lives. I mean, I think people need to realize that we're in the, with the Caro people and from Peru, the Andean shamans, they call it the Pacha, the Pacha Mama. So the, and Pacha means earth, time, and space, right? So Pacha Mama is like time and space. And then Mama, like Mama of the time and space, right? So we live on her and she holds us in this, this time and space continuum. But as soon as you exit the time and the space by not being embodied anymore, now you're a soul that's timeless. And so it's like you can see and experience all of time all at once. It's not like in a continuum. There's no linear time. So that's why when you start to access this Akashic Records, and I think you said even now, it's like even galactic now, like they're letting us access galactic wisdom. So that's why you can access future lifetimes, like future self because you're outside of time when you're accessing the Akashic. Right. And it's really fascinating to me because for many, many years, well, you know, in the very beginning when the record keeper said, would you help us bring this information back to humanity? You know, and my kids were just, you know, little toddlers. And I thought you, you got the wrong woman here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about? I'm, I'm getting Cheerios in a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's you. That was your plan. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, I'll just keep taking little steps, which was my first big lesson is just to be, say yes, give me little bites, please, because I only have so much time with the toddlers. <laughs> you know. And so uh, we think we're just this, but we're like so much, it's crazy. And now as the energy has raised, so I remember, you know, 20, 25 years ago, when I'd say I work with the Akashic Records and people would be like, all right, next, you know, (laughs) this lady is crazy. (laughs) Exactly. Her eyes would glaze over. And now everybody's like, oh, I know. Oh, yeah. I love that. I've had readings. I've whatever. I've taken classes. I, you know, and so now as we raise the vibration, and I always say, no matter what it looks like on the TV, it's not the truth. We're raising the vibration of the planet of humanity. More and more people are waking up every single day. And that means that with a higher vibe on the planet with us as humans, we actually can access more bigger energy, information, and wisdom. And so the cool thing is sometimes when I do readings now, I see people who were living, say, in the, you know, an angelic realm in the 10th dimension. And we made some choices back then that have affected our earth and our world and humanity now and through not only time, but through dimensions, right? So it's so much more than a past life. Like, it's, you know, these are other worlds, other dimensions that are all part and parcel of who we are. And so in that kind of crazy big way, if we can do some healing or maybe unwriting of some not handy contracts or not useful contracts anymore, like we said, yeah, let's lock the world down. Let's have this human experience. Let's believe in separation. Let's believe that we're, you know, trapped in just little humans. We've made it as a plan. And so it's time for us to unwrite those old records. So that everybody can realize that we are all infinite, wise souls, you know, playing this game, having this experience. And when we can understand that in that bigger way, then it makes it really easy to create something new, to, you know, make a new choice because we're letting go of the fear that has kept us, you know, locked down in the way of I'm afraid to change jobs or I'm afraid to move or maybe I'm afraid to you know, get divorced, even though I'm miserable, because there is, there are so many other choices for us. And again, this is part of what we wrote in our plan. We didn't write one or two soul contracts with other people. Most of us wrote 30 or 40 or 50 soul contracts to have significant partners, to have um, people to support us, to love us, and vice versa, right? And of course, to teach us and help us to learn. Sometimes it's us who's doing the teaching. Sometimes it's us who's doing the learning. And it's always a two-way street, right? But when we can start to say, oh, gosh, you know, there really is no good or bad. It's what can I learn from that? What can I share about that? How can I change or transform that story I've been stuck in? It then makes it so much easier for us to to move forward and say, wow, look at that great opportunity. Maybe I'll double check with my Akashic record keepers if it's in my highest and best good, if I have support team there, if that's, you know, the best choice for me now, right? And to make some changes because we won't transform our world, our planet, without making a lot of changes. 
right? So if we do it consciously now, <laughs> then we're not pulling the whole damn building down. We're not, you know, creating a big mess. We're consciously making new choices. We're creating something new instead of having to blow it up and then try and create something new. So by consciously looking for new choices, making new friends, opening our eyes to new ways of thinking, we really are in the process of creating, you know, what we're calling the new earth, right? A new higher vibrational planet and community. Yeah, we're creating it one choice at a time. So make sure those choices are good. Full and protective to elevate the energy. So just saying, really important. Um, It is, we're at that time. Every choice counts, you know? So, and everybody's choices count. So we can't do it alone. Every one of us has to come along and we're all welcome. Of course, anybody that doesn't want to, will just exit the planet, but you know, We'll see. We'll see how it goes next uh, till 2027, right? We're going to be in this phase of of uh, that the rewiring, you know. So we're. I think 2027, we're going to step into a whole new experience. Um, but it's not just going to be like bam, you know. It's going to be this gradual. From you know, it's been gradual, right? I mean, we had shocks in 2020 and um, 2021 and 2020. This year was really shocking for me. <laughs> so I don't know about anybody else, but woo. Let's go back to 2012, right? Remember when we thought the world would flip in 2012, right? The end of the Mayan calendar. Wow, the world's going to change. And, you know, it kind of did for me. I mean, it it does. It is, but a little. Step by step. I mean, my world flipped upside down. I was, I was, I didn't know it, but I was in upside down world. And all of a sudden, 2011 came, I left my former relationship and all of a sudden it was 2012 and it was like right side up world. Wow, this is so crazy. I didn't even know I was upside down. So yeah, I think that a lot of people are having that experience now, you know, gratefully, we're all taking turns with that because I can't imagine if we all were in that place all at the same time. <laughs> so thank goodness we're taking turns. So yeah, let's all just take turns like with the madness. Talk- yeah. And like you talked about in the first wave, right? I mean, first wave, second wave. Second wave. <laughs> You're part of the first wave. <laughs> I am part of the first wave. That's a, that old thing. Part of the second wave really, but is about us being here to help to lead and to guide and to teach at all these people who are just, I have so many clients who are like, like I just woke up. And yeah, I like, just woke up and I need some help. It's <laughs> like, here you go, sister. What do I do? What do I read? What do I, yeah, you know, so it's wonderful to be here and to be able to be part of that. But, you know, back in 2000, when we weren't sure what was going to happen, you know, it was. I, I don't even, I was not awake then, so I can't say anything about what that was like. <laughs> I was in the, was I was in the matrix. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it was wild. So I was like, okay, fingers crossed. I keep hearing we're all good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah. It's already been done. I mean, in the fifth dimension, it's all good. So it's just us catching up with that. And, you know, but that still takes choices. We all have to make those choices. We can, we could still make different choices that lead to different outcomes. So we want to be, Mindful or mind empty, as I'm starting to say. (laughs) Well, and if you can understand your soul's plan, which you can read about in your Akashic Records, well, in my book, but first, yes, then learn to read your own records because, you know, that's what the record keepers told me. Teach the world how to read their own records because there's so much information there for you. Yeah. So read your own records. So get that book, everybody. Um, We're going to wrap up now. Lisa, thanks so much for being on the show and being willing to share your light with us again. So grateful. And I'm so grateful. I know how much it takes to write a book. It's a lot of effort to move through and write 
the book in the highest way because, you know, as we channel the first message, then we know we need to revise and revise and revise. And then the book works us and then it, we work it back and then it works us and we work it back. It takes a lot to put one of these books out there. So thanks so much for all that you did behind the scenes and your work with the Akashic Records Keepers. Thank you so for your service. Thank you. Thank you. I feel very blessed and I'm in and really just blessed to know you. It's been kind of fun getting to come back and see you again and again and talk to you. And and um, I appreciate all that you do to share all of this information and light out in the world. So thank you, Carrie. I got a few more people listening here and there. So that's good. And if everybody who is listening and you guys have been with me for a while, thanks for hanging out with me. And thanks for inviting more friends to hear these broadcasts. Really appreciate you guys for doing that. Uh, you know, like, subscribe, share, comment, all the stuff that helps it get out there more. And that'll help Lisa's book get out there. And the more people that tap into their Akashic Records and figure out their soul plan, I think that's a really good thing. Just guessing. <laughs> if we could just get aligned with that, then I think we'll all be much better off. So thanks for helping out. And here's the kisses, everybody. Want to join me for kisses, Lisa? We're going to give kisses. Yeah. Everybody, we love you so much. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And we'll see you next week on Soul Nectar Show. Have a great week. Bye for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Soul